Welcome to the World of Critical Care podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about your first two weeks in the ICU and how you can succeed. This podcast today is specifically geared towards new grad nurses right out of nursing school coming into the ICU. I hope to provide just some general overview of things to look for, things to expect, but also ways that you can help mentally approach those first two weeks, those first six shifts. I also think this podcast could be beneficial to people who are training new nurses, so preceptors. Possibly you're a newer preceptor and you're not quite sure how on earth do we start this process. And I really understand because it's extremely daunting, especially when you're in really specialized ICUs, because there is just so much information to cover. And a lot of times you just think, where on earth do I start? And I hope that we can just cover some of the basic things to hone in on on those first six shifts. I think the first two weeks are really important, not only for one as a new grad coming into the ICU, but they're also really important for a unit because unit culture is often established very, very quickly in the training process. The way in which one trains a new nurse, they interact with them, they support them, they encourage them. Those interactions they have with the charge nurses, the interactions they have with the advanced practice providers, with the physicians, that really sets a lasting tone. And in a lot of ways, because these nurses who are just graduated, they are typically very, very nervous coming into the ICU. Nursing school lays a great foundation, but to be honest, the ICU is really a different world. And most people honestly are intimidated. And a lot of people are very, very just mentally frazzled. And so I think it's really important as a, a, a preceptor to help decrease that stress level of those new grads coming into the ICU and have a really clear plan for them. And something as a new grad nurse, that should be an expectation that a unit for you is going to be setting up a clear plan so that every day it's very manageable, you have clear goals, and that you're being progressed at the appropriate rate for you. And that's something I've mentioned on the previous podcast, that it's always a bit of a red flag if you move into a unit and they don't have a plan for you. You don't have preceptors who are setting out this pathway for you. And so I hope that as a new grad, some of these things I talk about today can really help you have some expectations for how to approach each individual shift. But let's start at the beginning. And the beginning really begins before your first shift. I think there's a few things you can do that really help alleviate stress and can help you succeed on that first day. I think it's really valuable to try to schedule a time with a manager or your unit educator to spend an hour going over some basics. First and foremost, just the physical layout of your ICU. Having a manager walk you through where the break room is, where are the bathrooms at, where do they do assignments, where do they typically, you know, where do our advanced practice providers sit, where are ICU doctors, you know, where are the entrances and exits? It's really simple things. Showing you where the bedroom is, where the supply rooms are at. I think it can be really valuable for that manager as well 
to talk through how your unit functions. Do you have one charge nurse? Do you have two charge nurses? Do you have a unit educator? What are their hours? When do the charge nurses get there? How do the charge nurses do assignments? How do our advanced practice providers work? How do our ICU physicians work? Do we have an ICU physician always on board or not? Those are really important things that I think can help you function better on your first shift. Another thing I think that can be really helpful is just to have your manager walk you and introduce you, ideally, to at least one or two of your charge nurses if they're on the unit when you're visiting. Try to have the manager introduce you to several of the other nurses on the unit. And the best case scenario is whoever is your primary preceptor, so the person training you, have an opportunity to meet them and get their phone number. I think it can really help kind of just lessen that stress when you've done all of this before your first day. I think, too, the last thing is just a real basic thing. When do you need to be there? Because sometimes a shift says 645, 645. But some units, all the nurses are there at like 625. And some units, all the nurses aren't there till like 650. And there's variation. So ask how the typical workday, the workday flow goes. The other thing I would do is prepare yourself for things you need to bring. I think for myself personally, I think a good stethoscope is really, really beneficial, especially when you're coming out of nursing school, because it aids in your ability to pick up things in your assessment. And so for me, the better tool you have, the easier it's going to be to help you pinpoint some of those challenging aspects of assessment early on. And so for me, I, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of great stethoscopes out there, but I, I think something like getting a Littman Cardiology 4 or the Master of Cardiology are just two middle-of-the-road phenomenal stethoscopes, something that really will help. I also think a pair of trauma shears are just, I use them unendingly in the ICU, and I think it's something that is of great benefit, and then a good pen light. And I think Getting the right kind of pen light is really important, and it's something you'll learn with your experience, but having some that are too bright, it's really frustrating for patients when you shine it in their eyes, but you also want something that illuminates appropriately. And so I'm going to provide links for the, for the stethoscope that I really like, the pen light that I really think is just awesome, and then my favorite pair of less expensive trauma shears that don't. <laughs> that actually lasts for some period of time. But I think those are three things that are great to bring on your first shift. I also like to bring a, a pen, at least one pen. I'm always losing my pens. And then I also like to bring a marker. And it can be black, it can be red. But it's just something where it's just so often you have to label dressings, you have to, to, to mark on a canister. And that's something else that I think is really valuable to bring on your first day into the ICU for your first shift. So you're ready now for that first shift. What I think is really important, and this is something that I stress to new nurses coming into the ICU, your first day, the goal should be zero stress. Someone who's training you well should have it in a place where you're just observing. So when I train a new nurse for their first shift ever, I always tell them, don't worry about charting. Anyone can learn to chart. It just takes time. I want you just to observe 
what I'm doing. Watch report. Watch how I plan my day out. Watch when I go to the med room, how we go in to our ICU room, how we plan out the day, the general flow of an ICU day. Get them exposed. You know, you're going to get exposed to rounds. You're going to get exposed to the assessment process and, and the changes in assessment and the medications. And the first day should be a day where they just observe and there should be absolutely nothing that they have to do. I think what that helps the new nurse do is it really helps put them at ease and alleviate that stress that's so often there on that first day. But as someone training that nurse, it's really important to talk through absolutely every single thing you are doing. So for me, I explain absolute every single detail about why I do what I do that first day. And I try to really focus on the big picture, the flow, so they start to get that exposure to how the ICU flow goes. And, you know, some people have had an experience, a capstone experience in the ICU, but some people that first day really is day one. And so I think that's something where if you come into a unit and your preceptor doesn't have a plan like that for you, I think that's a great option to ask for is having a plan such that you just want to observe and listen to everything they have to say about why they're doing what they're doing on that day. The second shift. The second shift, I think I start to have a slight change where we're going to start to add one to two responsibilities, but you're still largely observing what's happening. So for me, on that, on that first real shift, so now we're going to start to add something. I like to put a heavy, heavy emphasis on how I'm planning my day. So based off of report, why am I doing what I'm doing for that day? So typically my second day, I'm really focused on that aspect. And I typically like to give the person I'm training their first charting assignment, which is vitals. Kind of irregardless of if I should be doing Q15, Q30, Q1 hour vitals, I typically will have the, the individual at least do Q30 to Q1 hour vitals for the entire shift. And what we focus on that day is vitals. We go in the room, we're going to talk about the monitors, we're going to talk about everything associated with our vitals, and then we're going to talk about how we chart the vitals. And often this takes a lot of time to go over clearly and effectively. This is everything from talking about SpO2 plus and what's a good plath, what isn't a great plath, all the different sites we can use to pick that up. We can talk about an arterial line. If the patient has an arterial line, we're going to talk about zeroing it. We're going to talk about if it's too high, if it's too low. We're going to talk through that whole process. We're going to talk about, you know, the, te the, the, um, the EKG strips. We're going to talk about, okay, like here's where the patches are in the patient. Are they in the right place? We can talk about the alarm settings on it. We're going to go through all aspects. If we're doing cuff pressures, we're going to talk through the cuff pressures. We're going to say, okay, here are the different places. Here are the concerns with that. And that's typically my deep dive for the second shift. And then I'm giving that, that new person 
that first responsibility, which is just charting vitals and doing it correctly. And the reason I do that is because one of the most important roles of the nurse is a data gatherer for our ICU physicians and advanced practice providers, and they can't make decisions off bad data. You have to give them accurate information, and that's the first thing I really hone in on. And I think it's a great culture aspect is to really focus in on that that second day of having that attention to detail, but also that ownership that like you're doing something really important for the unit because you're helping these doctors make decisions by giving them good information. A lot of times it takes multiple little learning chunks during the day. You might spend 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes late morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon, an hour in the late afternoon to cover all this information. But that's my second day. The third day, I like to add a second charting responsibility, which is going to be INOs. Now, we're adding INOs because that's often incredibly important data gathering for our doctors and advanced practice providers to make treatment decisions. And so this typically is also a chance where we can talk about suction canisters, Foley catheters. We can talk about chest tubes. We can talk about anything that's I and O related. And I'm very big on the importance of understanding what really is strict I and O. And you can walk through like clinical indications of why we do this, why this matters. And this gives the, the new person coming to the ICU now, two responsibilities for charting, but it also lays some critical foundations. And I, and I found that most people do really well at this third day because it, by the third day, they're like, okay, I want to really be doing something. And this tends to add that second thing. And of course, you're always talking and explaining as you go. My fourth day is where we start to add our daily cares. So this involves the then the person who's getting trained, they're going to now be charting on all the daily cares they do. So the oral care they do, the bath turns they do, the bed bath they do, whether whatever it might be that is care related, all of our turns. So now by the, by the end of that first week, so we're moving into our second week, the goal is that we're going to have all INOs, we're going to be able to do vitals, we're going to be able to do daily cares. And at, at this point, I think we start to slowly feel the situation out about adding in some serious discussion about assessment. I always talk through every single assessment that I do, but typically it's the third to fourth shift. We start really talking through in depth why we do what we do in our assessments. So it's usually my fourth shift where we, in serious detail, will spend our time, our first assessment, our second assessment, our third one, in the room with the chart open, going in detail about the assessment. And it's not that the assessment isn't important those first couple of shifts. I still talk through why I'm doing what I'm doing, but my emphasis is elsewhere and it's one of those things that you just don't have time to dig into that yet. And that's a piece that we're going to start talking about. And so for me, as we've dug into the assessment, I typically don't have them chart it yet. They'll chart with me. But what I do like to do at this point is start slowly bringing in the idea 
of report. So report tends to be pretty daunting for a lot of nurses. So typically the fourth, fifth shift, I'll have them give me a practice report and we'll go through it one or two times. And if they feel comfortable, I'll let them take a shot. Report can be so stress-inducing for some people that it's something that I just kind of think about at this moment, but it's not a hard and fast rule. For me, if the, if the person I'm training is too stressed, I say, hey, don't worry about it. Report is something. It just takes time. It honestly takes several years, I feel like, to figure it out. So don't worry. At this point, we're moving into the middle of our second week. And usually by the end of the second week, my goal is that the person who's coming to the ICU can do vitals, they can do their INOs, their daily cares, and by the last shift of the second week, they're able to chart their assessments effectively and, and, and concisely and that they understand what they're doing for the assessment. I don't really care how long it takes. I just want it to be accurate and correct. And a lot of times it takes a lot of discussion about how we do the assessment. But I really think it makes a big difference for nurses to just have that time to really dig into that. There tends to be a lot of other extraneous charting that we have to do in the ICU. And I honestly don't worry about the new grad learning this stuff in the first two weeks. There's a lot of things like your end of shift notes. And, you know, sometimes we're, we're going to have, there's, there's just so many different types of charting that are out there that are required that I don't, I don't worry about that. I do that for them because I want them to focus on these basic foundational skill sets. Now, at the end of that second week, we've kind of talked about where hopefully they're at. I like to just kind of take a temperature on where they feel they're at. Do they feel comfortable doing the vitals, INO, daily cares, and assessment? If not, what aspect of that is challenging to them? And sometimes we need to then just say, hey, okay, let's do one more day kind of at that pace. But I think the first two weeks, it's really important to say, hey, you, I don't want you to feel any stress. I don't want you to feel worried. I want these two weeks to be a time where you're just learning and you leave every single day having a great day. If you leave stressed, if you leave your shift feeling like you were absolutely on the limit, then I know I did something wrong as a preceptor. And so I think that's really critical in those first two weeks is to just lower the pressure in the room and just encourage them to just soak up as much information as they can. The first two weeks, there's a few other things that I like to do. And typically, I like to pick one or two of these each day and try to just slowly work through this list. And again, it's hard because it's like the whole elephant. You just, how do you eat an elephant like one bite at a time? And so I like to add a few of these other things in in the first two weeks. It just, you just kind of have to find time. So some of the things I like to go through are our code card, or if like, you know, you're like a cardiovascular ICU, maybe you have a chest card or going through the carts can be really helpful and just understand the process. Like, okay, if there's a code, like, what do we do? How does that process look like? Here's, here's our cart. Here's the Zoll. Here are the, just walk them through carefully the whole process. And I think it can be really stress reducing. Secondly, I like to, this kind of, flows into this, but it's called my worst case scenarios. I've found that a lot of people coming into the ICU 
tend to be very worst case focused. So, you know, they're like, well, what happens if they pull the breathing tube out or what happens if they go into VT or what happens if their blood pressure drops? And it's like, okay, okay. Like, and so you walk through, here's our patient today. What are some of our worst case scenarios that could happen? And here's what we'll do. And I think walking through a lot of those scenarios in the first two weeks can really help people think through, okay, here's how that would really happen. And I, and I, and I really do like doing that every single shift with whoever I'm training. I think another important thing is to spend, and a lot of times you don't maybe have time in that first or second day, but eventually by the end of the first, end of the second week, work on your Omnicell. And so not just pulling meds. I like to talk about in the Omnicell, like how do we waste meds? Also, how do you do override pulls, which I know in, like, in my unit in particular, like override pulls are really important because we have a lot of critical situations. We have moments where we have patients coming out of the OR and like we have to get medications in people quickly. And so for me, I like to train new nurses, hey, in an emergency, like here's how we get our anesthesia kit or hey, here's how we pull albumin or here's how we pull propofol or here's our intubation kit. Like I think these things are really valuable for nurses just to walk through in those first two weeks, even though the reality is they probably won't be doing that in the first two weeks. I think that's something I really like to cover. Another issue that tends to come up is IV pumps. So a lot of nurses, you just don't quite know what kind of pumps they've used in the past. And so I like to just assume that they know nothing about our IV pumps. A lot of times this is in the second week, but I like to try to find a time where we've got 20 minutes and we just go through absolutely everything about the IV pump possible. The other thing I really like to make sure that they know how to do is that they can return demonstrate to me what they're doing. So I'll have them hang a medication. I'll have them. The other thing I like to do is have people manually program in medications, assuming they didn't have the MAR. I think that's another valuable thing to walk them through. I like to talk about, you know, tracing your lines and, and, and we talk through the mechanics of hanging a bag and like very specific mechanics that can help you be more effective and quicker. And it's, again, it's something that's hard because it takes like 30 to 40 minutes to go through it all. But it's one of those things that if you can take that time, it really alleviates a lot of stress for people. And I also think you just don't know how familiar people really are with pumps. And a lot of people coming out of school, I think they're just nervous. And so what happens is they go, uh, I'm not quite sure. Well, make sure you have that time. Take that time. Another thing I really like to go through are the ICU beds. The ICU beds, there are so many different features on these beds that I think it's just a huge benefit. Take, again, 20 minutes and go through absolutely everything about the bed. Also, how do you drive the beds? You know, what are the different power cords? What are these different settings? How do you move the head, you know, the headboard off? All of these things are super important to talk to the nurses about. And again, it's just something that's worth the time. Another thing I do is room orientation. So typically I do this with vitals. And, you know, typically with vitals, any monitor or piece of equipment that's associated with vitals, I talk about on the vitals day. And then typically anything connected with an INO day, I'll go through on the INO day. But I do try to do a secondary walkthrough of our ICU rooms just to orient to all the little things in the room. Things like, oh, if we have an ambu bag, here's where it is. Here's our red bed. 
here's what goes in our biohazard red bin. Here's what can go in the trash. Here's where we put our laundry. Here, you know, it's just all the basic stuff, but like here's suction. Here's how it works. You know, he, you, you just talk through the oxygen. Here's medical air. Here's the difference between those. Like assume people don't know anything. And I think that's really valuable because you can just help set that playing field for people and just assume they're not sure. And I think that really sets people up for phenomenal success down the road. The other things I like to go through are the supply room. And it depends. Some people have multiple supply rooms. That one can be really hard because it can take a lot of time. And sometimes, honestly, you give them so much information, they're never going to remember all of it. But I do like to go over some of the critical stuff that they'll likely see or need in the first few weeks. And then I also like to talk about, especially if you have an area for chest tubes and central lines, briefly introduce them to where they would roughly find things. Typically, I'll go back through that later on in the in the precepting process. And again, it's something that as you do procedures, et cetera, you'll get much more in the weeds on that. But I think that's valuable. The other thing that the last thing I like to do is make sure you're introducing people to make sure you introduce them to their providers. Make sure you're introducing them to your, your advanced practice providers. Introduce the person you're training to new nurses. That's really valuable because it helps people just build a connection. And I think as someone coming into a unit, it shows that you're valued. It shows that you're noticed, that you're seen. And I think it goes a really long way to building unit culture is to help the person you're training feel at ease. Now, I know that there's a million different ways people can do the first two weeks, but I really feel like covering these topics is really doable, especially if you can make sure that you're what's called precept one. So this is a big thing. And I think as a preceptor or as a new grad, you need to fight for this with all you have. Precept one means you have one patient and one patient only. You will not be required to take care of two patients. It is absolutely impossible to cover this material and take care of two ICU patients. It just does not happen. You will always be compromising something. It's gonna put stress on the preceptor and it's gonna put stress on the new grad. And I think to really be able to dig in, to do this stuff, to walk through it, it not only requires you to only be taking care of one ICU patient, but the reality is it really requires you to be taking care of the right kind of ICU patient that's not overly busy, that provides a very regular routine, you know what to expect. So it gives you these opportunities to really work through all of these different topics that are covered in the first two weeks. And so that's where, as someone training a new nurse, you really have to fight for that new nurse. You need to be talking to the charge nurses. You need to be talking to the unit managers and making sure that staffing above them does not schedule you to be taking two ICU patients because it just does not work. And I think it honestly, I've seen it where nurses come to their second week and people will say, well, you think you could really take two patients and they don't want to say no. And they take two patients and it absolutely compromises training because what happens is I can't explain as much to them 
because often they're not ready to take two patients. So I, as the person training them, have to pick up the slack. And so not only does it decrease the trading, but it puts a massive amount of stress on preceptors and it burns them out because I, as a preceptor now, am not able to really invest and pour in that time I need to help train that new nurse. So that's something that if you're coming into the ICU, really make sure and advocate for that you want to have only one ICU patient for your first two weeks. And that should just be a hard and fast rule. So I hope this podcast was helpful today. I, I know that it comes from more of a pers- perspective of someone who trains nurses, but I think for someone coming into the ICU, it helps give you a framework to think about. Now, the person training you may do things differently, and that's just fine. And sometimes the person training you does things differently, and it works out great, and sometimes it's kind of a hot mess, and that's just fine. Because at least you have an idea of some of the ways you can personally progress yourself and potentially offer suggestions of saying, hey, like, I would like this to be my goal today. And then you have a clear set goal the next day. Anyways, I do hope this is hopeful and I hope that you really enjoy your first two weeks in the ICU. The next episode, we're going to be talking about the next six weeks in the ICU and what are the, some of the, the things that we need to cover. <music>